Good morning and happy Sabbath, everyone. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for another day that we could be with you. Lord, we know that tomorrow is never promised, but Lord, we look forward to being with you every day together in heaven. Thank you for the blessing on the Sabbath day that you have given us to be with you, communing with you worshiping with you. Father, I pray 
that you hear each of our prayers that we have in our hearts and answer them according to your will. Father, I especially pray for all the fathers who are watching and listening to your message today. I pray that your message is heard and that it would help us fathers to be, to be the men that you want us to be. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow we celebrate a day that honors all the fathers and even those who have taken on their father role. To our wives, we are their knight in shining armor. To our child or children, we are their heroes. Being a father is a huge responsibility and what we do as a father can impact our children and their children and their children's children. Our children from an early age watch us and begin to mimic us. Sometimes we don't even realize it until they do something or say something that we did or said. Sometimes it's funny and other times we're just in complete shock. Children definitely learn by example and this brings to my mind Proverbs 22 verse 6 which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. One of the things that God has been showing me and my family is that in order to fend off the attacks of the devil, we must be united as a family. The devil knows that if he can separate the family, he has a higher chance of winning a soldier for him than losing a child to the army of God. Because I'm a father, I'm going to say that I'm being biased in my thinking that the devil is attacking the father more than the mother because we will see children praising the mothers more often than the fathers. You see this many times with athletes who will give a shout out to their moms on live TV. You may even see fans in the stands with signs that read, Hi mom, I made it to the World Series or Hi mom, I made it to the playoffs. Whatever it may be, those are what you usually see. I even read that there's a prison ministry that hands out Mother's Day and Father's Day cards for the inmates to send to their mothers and fathers. Guess which parent gets the most cards? The mom. This ministry went to a prison here in California and gave out over a thousand Mother's Day cards for the inmates to fill out. They went back to the same prison the same year for Father's Day and only six inmates asked for cards. Why is this? Dads, are we too busy for our children that we don't matter? Are we never around to help them with their development from childhood to manhood? Or if we only have daughters, are we not around to show them how a godly man is supposed to treat a woman? Did we decide that we wanted nothing to do with, the with having a child, so we left the mother? Sadly, this last question is an assumption that has led many to believe it to be true. And this has prevented many young fathers from being involved in the lives of their child or children. According to a researcher at UC San Francisco, young fathers who are left without resources or social support struggle to sustain a positive presence in their child's life, as well as maintain a supportive relationship with the child's mother. This quote made me go back to the beginning. And what I mean is to Genesis 2.24, where it says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Our role as father, our role as a father begins with our role as a husband, because everything we do as a husband will be learned by our children. Whether it's how to be one, 
how to be one or how they think their husband should be. Now, this is not to say that single fathers can't be awesome dads because they can. I know a lot of single fathers that are just amazing, amazing dads to their, to their children. But for the sake of this message, I want to focus on our role as a husband and how being a good husband will make us a good father as well. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. These verses tell us parents how to be husband and wife. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, just for clarification purposes, wives submitting to your husbands does not mean to submit in a slave-like manner. Submission in the secular context is different from the biblical context. As we know from Genesis, woman was created to be a helpmate to man. She was not made to be a slave to man, but to be man's partner. The woman came out of man's rib, not from his feet to be walked on, not from his head to be superior, but from his side to be equal, under the arm to be protected, and next to the heart to be loved. When spiritual leadership is in the home, there is a mutual regard for one another based on agape love. This love is unconditional and eternal and comes from a daily intimate relationship with Jesus. Ellen White wrote in the, in the Adventist Home, page 116, God requires that the wife shall keep the fear and glory of God ever before her. Entire submission is to be made only to the Lord Jesus Christ, who has purchased her as his own child by the infinite price of his life. Her individuality cannot be merged into that of her husband, for she is the purchase of Christ. There is one who stands higher than the husband to the wife, it is her Redeemer, and her submission to her husband is to be rendered as God has directed, directed, as it is fit in the Lord. There are terms to this submission, and we'll see this as we continue to the next verse. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as, his, as himself. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. These are the terms. These verses tell us husbands and future husbands how to love and care for our wives. We are to love our wives in the same way that Christ loves us, his church. He loved us so much that he died on the cross for us. Through his blood, we have been made holy and blameless. We are to lift our wives up and not put them down. We are to see our wives as Christ sees us, 
as holy and blameless without faults. We are to lead our families with the word of God. We are to care for our wives and to provide for her needs in the same way that God provides for our needs. We all have a love language. There are five love languages. Words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. How often do you tell your wife that you love her? How often do you show your love for her by helping her around the house or with the kids? How often do you kiss your wife or even hug her or hold her hand? God is always there to help us and he knows our love language. Our children will see how we treat each other. They will see how we respect one another. They will see how we love each other. When our children see this, they will see how they are to treat and respect and love their parents as well. A lot of the child's obedience will be learned by how we as parents treat each other. If the father is mean and disrespectful to the mother, the child may act the same way and vice versa. This could also lead to the child being the same way to his or her spouse. Depending on our words and actions, we can encourage children toward obedience or stir up anger and resentment in their hearts. When we ask something of them and then do something opposite ourselves, they see that double standard. God has given us a responsibility to train our children to know and love Him. However, we are not to use our power inappropriately. The Bible says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Colossians 3.21 It's all about setting an example for the child. There's a quote that goes something like this. A father tells his son to watch where he is going so he doesn't get into any trouble. The son then asks his father to, to watch where he is going because he is following him. Fathers, come follow Jesus and watch your child follow him too. Fathers, we have the responsibility to raise our children in the Lord. From birth, it is our duty to teach our children love and obedience not only to us, but to God. It is our duty to tell them about Jesus and our salvation through what he did on the cross for us. It is our duty to lead them to Christ. Show them that they can always count on you as they can always count on Christ. Lead by example, and if our example is Christ, our children's example will be the same. There was a survey that shows that when the father is the first to come to Christ, there is a 93% probability everyone else in the house will follow. I remember when Connor was born and I was overwhelmed by the love God had shown me through this miracle. There was a decision that had to be made. Do I keep living the life that I was living before him or go with this feeling that I have inside that is moving me to change for the better and to give my child better. Joshua 24, 15 says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers serve that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In my choice to serve the Lord, I have seen the rewards that have come with that choice. My son and all of my children are learning to love the Lord. 
They view the Sabbath as a delight because they know when it's Sabbath, they get to show God's love by serving our friends in the homeless community, by singing songs that praise God, which in a lot of ways has become their very own ministry. Making that decision to serve the Lord, to accept Jesus as my Savior, has been the best decision I've ever made. I found this story called The Sandbox that I'd like to share with you. One day, a father was watching his young son play in his sandbox. Someone had placed a large rock in the middle of the sandbox. The young boy tried to pick it up, but it was too heavy. He tried to roll it, but he couldn't. He even laid on his back and tried to push the rock with his legs, but that didn't work either. The dad finally walked over to his son. The boy said, Dad, I have tried everything and I can't get this rock out of my sandbox. The father replied, Son, you haven't tried everything. The boy said, Dad, I did try everything. I tried to pick it up. I tried to roll it and I tried to push it, but nothing worked. The dad bent down and lifted, out, lifted the rock out of the sandbox and said, You see, son, you didn't try everything. You didn't ask me to help you. Now our relationship with our son is like the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. We can try so many different ways to do something on our own, thinking that we've tried everything but failed. It's not until we have failed so many times that we finally ask God for his help, when it could have been so much easier just to ask him first instead of last. Knowing this can set the example for our children seeing us ask God for help first. This can lead them to ask God for help first too. Tomorrow may be the day we honor and celebrate fathers, but today and every day, let us honor and celebrate our Heavenly Father. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being the example that we need to um, know our roles as fathers and as husbands. Father, I ask that you continue to guide us, all of us fathers here and mothers, in our, in, in our parenting, in our roles as spouses. Just guide us in the way that we should be training up our children to know you, to follow you, to love you. And I know that with this, in turn, they will know to love us and respect us as their parents as well. Father, we just thank you for being our protector. Thank you for being our provider. Thank you for being the one who sent your only son to die on the cross for us because you loved us so much. Lord, help us to share this love with all of those who we come in contact with, and especially our children. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.